Welcome to the Chronicles of Brian. Instead of a fawn, he has AIDS. All right, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Brian McCarthy. Apparently, I am your guest host for the ADHD show here, which is appropriate for me and I guess Machete because uh, I've never actually been diagnosed with ADHD or ADD, but uh, I I can't seem to keep... I'll often start to tell a story and then stop that story and tell another story, and in that story, I'll tell another story. So probably that's something to do with... Something, um, I did have a black eye blow me once, but I didn't enjoy it. Here's the thing, when a man sucks your dick, okay, and in, in, in maybe in his defense, he wasn't clean shaven, but when you feel like the stubble of a man's chin on the shaft of your dick, it's a different energy. And, and, and I can see how you'd like that, Machete, right? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> and, and, and also, maybe if it was longer hair, I'd enjoy it because it'd be kind of silkier. But, like, there's something weird. Like, I just, you know, this girl, and I'll just say her name because she, she actually, I, I actually told a story once at the, at the uh, comedy store. Uh, and, and she was actually in the audience, and she was upset that I didn't point at her in the audience and say, oh, that's the girl that let me fuck her in the ass because um, she wanted this black guy to suck my dick. And her name is Sasha Knopf. If you're listening to this, I Google her. She's absolutely beautiful. When I was dating her, uh, she was a Vampirella, um, the comic book. She would go like do those comic cons and shit like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, right. Google the girl. She's, uh, she's out of, yeah, I'm go- Googling her right, right now. Yeah, dude, she's out of control. Sasha what? Sasha Knopf, K-N-O-P-F. And... Um, but basically, we were out one night, and we were just... Uh, oh, man, she's... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. no joke, man. I swear to God. I mean, look, she's I love my wife deal. and everything. It's great. But right. Sasha, this is great, yeah. This yeah. Is... She's, yeah, great time. And she... Best blowjob of my life. And basically, we were out one night, and I, we probably had a quarter ounce of cocaine in our pocket. And um, we were at a bar my friend owns, and we were... And she was bragging to the bar owner, who was gay about how big my dick is. Now, here's the thing. I have a big dick. I do. I, but I have a big dick for the 20th century. I watch a lot of porn now, and I don't know, what, I don't know what's going on now, but, like, I, I kind of have, like, a vintage cock. Like, I literally, like, it's... it's, it's girth, and I'm white, and I'm kind of chubby, but it's girthy, and it's... It, it, it was... Like I said, it was kind of like... It was kind of like... I feel like my penis now, it's kind of like having, like, a super VHS. Like, I, it was great in its day, you know what right, I mean? Yeah. But, it, but it's no yeah. ultra HD. There's no 4... I don't have the 4K dicks. Because, <laughs> Machete, you watch porn now, right? Like, yeah, totally. what are those guys fucking eat for breakfast, man? Like They have horse cocks. It's it, crazy. It's crazy. It is yeah. bananas. Like, I mean... Totally. And anyway, so she was bragging, and this is back in fucking 1994, five. So she was bragging to these um, these gay guys. She was going, you know, Brian's got this huge dick, and they were like, oh, we don't believe it, you know. And then, you know, and and so she goes, well, I'll show it to you. And I turned to Sasha, and I'm like, honey, I'm like, I have been doing fucking like fucking blow for the past three hours. Like right, my, it's, yeah. my dick is like a nickel. And <laughs> she goes, don't worry. She's like, I'll get you hard. So she ushers them out of the office. We were in the private office behind the, um, you know, but, but, you know, behind, in the, in the bar. And she drops to her knees, takes her top off. And girl has ridiculous tits. And, Starts just working, just working it. And I get this big, floppy, big, I mean, whatever, big, <laughs> floppy Coke dick. And she knocks on the door, and she brings the gay guys in, and she's like, presents my dick to them. 
And they were like, oh, my God, you have a beautiful penis. And I was like, thanks, mother. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, so then, you know, uh, uh, fast forward about an hour later, uh, we're at Sasha's apartment. One of the gay guys uh, came with us, who, by the way, his name is, I don't give a fuck, his name is George Wayne. He's actually, a, actually, you know what, Machete, yeah. Google George Wayne Vanity Fair. And uh, this guy, George Wayne, came back with some male model guy. I don't know who he is. And we all came back to Sasha's apartment. She's got vibrators out, and there's a pile of Coke, and there's fucking wine, and we're all naked. And But I'm not doing anything with the guys. Like, they're doing their own thing, and I'm with Sasha, and we're on the bed, and... Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I see this dude. Yeah, yeah, great. I know, right? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. By the way, <laughs> I, I, again, you're called ADHD. We're going to be jumping around, folks. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Like... That, the only thing worse... You're like the spokesperson for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing worse than... I, I will see George Wayne occasionally. Yeah. The only thing worse than having that guy blow you is uh, having that guy deny he blew you. <laughs> no, like, no. I, I, I ran into him about a, about a year and a half ago at a comedy club called The Stand. What's up, Paul? Uh, in New York. <laughs> and um, I saw George Wayne. I'm like, remember, you, you you sucked my dick for like a second. And he was like... I, he was Jamaican. He's like, I don't know. He still is Jamaican. He was like, I didn't suck your dick. He's like, you're not my type. You're too fat and old. I'm like, well, motherfucker, this is 20 years ago. And um, so anyway, we're all in the bed. And I, they were th these two gay guys, George and the other guy. They had never eaten pussy before. And so they, um, they were eating Sasha's pussy. And Sasha turns to me and she goes, um, she goes, you'd be really hot if you let one of these guys suck your dick. And I was like, listen, that's not happening. Like, I, I mean, I, I love you. Or I mean, especially when you get a fucking gorgeous girl telling you that. You're like, how is this gay? Or like, yeah, like, the, I, well, I was deal? in the thing. I'm like, I'm in the yeah. soup. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally, whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm there. But at the same time, like, you know, if it isn't your thing, it isn't your thing. But I said, yeah. I'm there. I said, listen. I said, there's no. I, I said, you know, it's not gonna happen. She goes, I tell you what. She goes, if you let one of these guys suck your dick, she's like, I'll let you fuck me in the ass. What? And I had never. And by the way, I don't even really like anal sex, but I was just kind of like. I was all fucked up, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll try this, because I'll tell you something right now. You know, if you get your dick sucked by a guy and you like it, all of a sudden, your blowjob opportunities have now doubled. You know what I mean? Like, you know, what I mean? like yeah, you, yeah. you know, if girls suck your dick, guys suck your dick, you know, whatever the fuck it is. Maybe a jackrabbit. I don't know. Like, whatever. You know. So I said, I thought about it, and I said, well, I, I told her, I said, listen, he can't get me hard, because I was, I was totally, I was not, I was so coked out of my mind, I couldn't get a hard on at all, but... I said, listen, he can't try to get me hard. I said, so if you get me hard and then tap out and then have him jump in, I'll give it a shot. So she's like, all right, great. So she started working on my fucking dick. Like, like it was like it was like changing tires on like a 1978 Peugeot. You know, like, you know, like, but you know what? She got it done. And she got me hard. And she handed me over to George Wayne. And uh, George Wayne grabbed my balls and took my dick, and he put his entire mouth on my cock, and I could feel the stubble on his chin on the base of my shaft. Oh. And as he was going down on my dick, my dick started shrinking like it was like the fucking French army retreating. <laughs> like I just was like, it just went down from like whatever how many inches I have. I probably, I probably only have six inches, maybe seven inches if I'm lucky. <laughs> right. And, right, right. And, and it's probably smaller now. And But I could literally feel my dick go like, and just go all the way down. And then he looked up at me and he was like, uh, he goes, what's the matter? What's the matter? You know, what's the matter? And I was like, I don't know, I guess I'm not gay. And he, and he started nibbling on my balls. And I was like, all right, just stop. I think we're done here. But 
but a promise is a promise. Very and true. So, so Sasha. Is she Welsh on you or not? No, no I, I, right in the shitter. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> about an hour later. Nice. So, yeah, it's great. What's weird for me about anal sex is like an asshole is like a stadium. It's hard to get into, but once you're in, it's like there's too much, there's a lot of room in there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even like it. Like, you know, I, and people always say, like, when you watch anal sex on, like, uh, you know, porn or whatever, people always say, like, they, they douche or have an enema before they have anal sex. Right. But really, yeah. in my opinion, you need that shit in there. Because it gives you some like something to fuck, actually. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. I mean, yeah, yeah, surely, yeah. otherwise it's like it's just it's like shoving your dick into like a broom closet. You're just kind of like, <laughs> what's going on here? I mean, the tightness is at the, the the base, right? Which I I can get that part, but at the same time, it's like the vagina is right there, right? And it's all warm, and there's folds, and there's you know, yeah. there's all that yeah. all that stuff going on. It's so funny that we're in Koreatown because um, uh, when I lived in L.A., I live in New York, but when I lived in L.A., I lived there for four years. And uh, I had an uh, agent friend of mine who is uh, Jewish, uh, or as uh, my grandmother called him, a dirty Jew. Uh, <laughs> listen, they killed Jesus. It's not her fault, okay? <laughs> Just kidding. Although I'm really not. I mean, honestly, look, look it up. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, literally, though, I will tell you right now, back in those days, okay, when the, okay, here's, here's what I'm, the, the Romans ran Jerusalem, okay? And, yes. you know, and Nazareth, all, the, all that shit. Jesus shows up. And the Jews kind of had their their deal going, like they've got, you know, they're 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 kind of like an occupied country. Yeah. All of a sudden, Jesus shows up and he starts going around like, we don't need temples, like love your fellow man, like stop giving money to the fucking synagogues and all this shit. Right. If I was a Jew in those days, I'd be like, get this motherfucker yeah, out of here, like get, up our game. get rid of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't blame yeah. him. You know what I mean? I mean, punching his pilot, in my opinion, in the whole story of of that, was like the hero because he was like, listen, yep. I don't want to kill this guy, but you motherfuckers are crazy, so right, go, yeah. have at it. And if you've never seen Seen, this really is an ADH show, yeah. <laughs> but if you've never seen The Last Temptation, no, no, what's the one with Mel Gibson? Uh, Passion. The Passion of the Christ. Yeah. Dude, that is a solid hour and a half of torture porn. Yeah. It's hard totally. to jerk off to it, but you can. <laughs> but And if you've never thought that Mel Gibson was an anti-Semite, you watch that movie, every scene with a Jew in it, it, they have like these giant black shrouds over their head. They're like sucking their teeth with their hands in front of their mouth, like, <laughs> like <laughs> Jesus, Mel Gibson, what is your fucking deal with it? Yeah, what is this? And there's that great yeah. quote, they went to Mel Gibson's father, who's got to be dead by now, but I mean, they went to his father about 15 years ago. In, in Australia somewhere and because uh, Mel, Mel Gibson is some kind of weird like Coptic Christian like Opus Dei or some shit where right, they like yeah, yeah. they don't believe in the, the schism of, of the Catholic Church and um, he uh, they went, they went, some reporter went to Mel Gibson's father's house and you know, a guy opens the door, some flinty eyed fucking old Australian guy <laughs> and they were like, what do you think about um, the um, the uh, you know, uh, in I'm blanking Germany, the uh, Auschwitz, Auschwitz, exactly. yeah. the concentration camps, and he goes, "At took a gallon of petrol to kill one Jew. That means I had to have 32 million gallons of petrol." And then he slammed the door. He sounds like a fun guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally. Right? So, uh, all right. So, so I had this uh, agent friend of mine uh, named Jeffrey Wank. Who cares? And uh, he grew up in L.A. And he was always my go-to guy to ask about restaurants in L.A. because he was. Um, He's from here, and he's a big foodie and, and whatever. And so uh, I, I was one, one time I asked him, I said, hey, what's your favorite place? But he's also really cheap. Not that the Jewish cheap thing. He's just happy. He happened to be cheap, whatever. So um, I only know that because I went with him once to a meeting 
uh, at a studio, and he took four bottles of water out of the meeting. <laughs> he like put them in his bag. And, like, they were all stocking like up. Yeah, stocking up for, yeah. Yeah, for like I don't even know what. I don't know he's gonna be thirsty, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so I asked him. He goes, look, you, you got to go to this one place. It's in Koreatown. That's where we are broadcasting from. And he goes, you have to go to uh, this one place. He goes, it's fucking awesome. You're gonna love it. And it happens to be very inexpensive. It's all you can eat. It's Korean barbecue. I was like, all right, cool. So I happened to be, like a month later, I happened to be in Koreatown for you know audition or whatever the fuck it was. And so I, um, one of the things about L.A., which I always hated, is that when you have your car, you're constantly having to deal with your car. You have to, like, when you go to a parking lot, you always have to, like, valet your car or you get, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Right? You get a ticket or some shit. So I, I, like, I have to go to the trouble of, like, pulling into this, like, Koreatown, like, strip mall kind of thing. I have to give my ticket to some guy, and he takes my car. They put it, like, you know, 10 blocks away or whatever. So now I'm alone in this strip mall thing, and it's like, you know, I see the place he wants me to go to, and in Los Angeles, like we have now in New York, they have lettered, like, if a restaurant is, like, really clean, they have an A. If it's not so clean, you get a B. And then if some shit, I don't even know what the fuck a C is. Yeah, I don't know what that is either. But they have C's, and you can, like, totally have a restaurant that has a C, and it's just, it's just, uh, it's there. So I walk up to the door of this place, and they have a fucking giant C at the front door. <laughs> and I was like, God damn it. Because I'll eat it a B. I'll eat it a B. Yeah, I'm not yeah, happy about yeah, it. Yeah. But like a C, it's like you're not even trying. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you're just, I don't know, like there's pubic hair in the food. And maybe right. like everyone's coughing on the rice. Or I don't even know what's going on. But I fucking, I went in there and I, I ate. But the whole time I was eating, I was like, oh, this is C. No wonder, number one, number one, no wonder it was inexpensive. Number two, like, just get a B, guys. I don't know. Like, just yeah, have, a, have a meeting yeah. and just be like, all right, listen, we all have to wear shoes. Okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> I agree that we're never going to – listen, everybody, Hop King and Ming Sung, we, we're not ever going to have an A. A's are never going to have for us. We, we're not an A team, but we can be a B team. All right? I feel like the C – we're just not trying. Yeah, so, definitely not trying. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I just uh, I I ate there and uh, and 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 that was that was that. But I wanted to um, oh I have a, a story I wanted to tell you which I, I don't think yeah. you've, you've heard before. Um, okay, so in New York City, there is a comedy show. It's not around anymore, and I'm sorry. Most of my stories are kind of older because I'm married and fucking whatever. But but uh, hang in there. So I um I. There was a comedy show called at a place called the Luna Lounge, and the name of the comedy show was a show called Eating It. And now, when you do comedy, if you're in front of an audience and your material isn't going over or people aren't laughing, when you get off stage, you tell your fellow comedians, "You go, oh fuck, I ate it out there, I ate it." So the the premise behind this show was famous comedians or people that are you know like touring, working comics would try out new material in front of a new audience, and mm-hmm. it, so the whole premise is everyone's supposed to eat it. That's the idea. It always made me laugh, though, because whenever a comedian, like a Todd Berry or whoever, whenever their shit would go south, they would just start to do old material, just because like, no one ever, ever really wanted to eat it. So, But the name of the show is called Eating It, and it was at a place called the Luna Lounge on the Lower East Side, and so my friend um, calls me one night, and he's friends with a comic named Mike Berbiglia. And he goes, he goes to me, he goes, hey, he goes, I'm going to go to uh, Eating It tonight. Mike's going to be on the show. Do you want to come with me? And then, this is in 99. And I go, yeah, sure, whatever. So I go to his apartment, and I get to his apartment, and um, he opens the door, and he goes, hey, he goes, uh, he was a Jewish guy, a uh, friend of mine, so stop it. And um, he says to me, he goes, I just had a friend of mine in, now, I don't know if you know this or not, but in Israel, 
has the best ecstasy in the world. They they make it there. They don't really give a fuck. Like there's not a whole lot of drug laws in in Israel. I think I don't even know why. But so he used to have this friend of his from Israel that would mail him ecstasy, and I didn't really even know this. But I, he, so I show up at the door, and he goes, "Hey, he goes, I just got this," and he had this fucking bag. I'm telling you, it was like a quarter pound white powder bag of pure ecstasy. Jesus, I was dude. I mean, I, we could have gone to jail for fucking fifty years or something. I don't even know how to get water. <laughs> Oh, further. No, it's farther. Give me one second, guys. Hold yeah. on. I'll be right back. Almost. Almost. Hold on. <laughs> oh, I wish I was uh, Mr. Fantastic. I have long arms. Like I grab my water with like my stretchy arms. Hold on. I'm taking a drink. Hmm. I wish it was cock instead of water. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So back to the thing. So I show up the door and he's got this fucking bag of ecstasy. It was like a little, it was huge. And he goes, um, do you want some? And I was like, yeah, I guess I'll take a, you know, I mean, I wasn't going to take a fucking, you know, like an ounce of it, but I was like, yeah, I'll take a, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, and he had these little, um, you know, the little, uh, the little gel cap things, like kind of to the side. And he takes a uh, dollar bill and he kind of puts, you know, gives two pills. And he goes, you have to take one now, though. And I was like, all right. <laughs> like, okay, fine, whatever. So I took one and we go to the comedy club. We get to, and it's like a 10 minute walk. The minute we walk into the place, my eyes like roll in the back of my head. Excuse me. And I like literally, I started tripping. Now, if you've ever done ecstasy before, it's not like it's not like a like acid, you know, where you like see shit or whatever it is. But it is it is a very heightened like a uh, state of just intense like emotion and like and you usually you sweat. You you know your 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 pupils dilate like it, it and if people it it's but you have like basically your your uh, receptors or inhibitors whatever the fuck in your brain like they they go down so all the dopamine everything just every, it's like your brain it's like they took the fucking like safety guards or the bumper cars off your brain and you just fucking you're just high as fuck so I'm at this I'm at this you know Luna Lounge show and I'm sitting there. And I'm it's it's but it's August, but I am sweating. I'm going to the bar. I'm drinking what white white wine by like the fucking pint. I'm just drinking, 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 whatever. And after the show, my I I wasn't really in the show, but I go back into the into the show from the bar, and I see my friend standing there next to Mike Riglia and Janine Garofalo, and a couple other people. And I go right to Janine Garofalo, who is a comic, if you don't know who she is, and she's a comic, and, you know, she's kind of, you know, she's sort of, she's probably 50 now, but anyway, she, um, and she's standing there, and I, she was on that show that night, and I walk right up to her, and I say to her, I go, I said, I bet no one ever hits on you. And she looks at me, she's like, what? And I said, I am so fucking into you, it's creepy. And she's like, kind of like laughs at me a little bit, and I grabbed her hand, and I started tracing, I said, I said, guess guess my name by how I'm tracing my letters of my name in your hand. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, and I'm literally, <laughs> I start coming on Janine Garofalo like a fucking, like a, like a guy that just got out of prison for a hundred years. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and I'm coming on to her and she's, and, and again, I, She's kind of into it. Like, she's weirdly into it. Like, a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's not, like, totally repulsed. She's right? not totally yeah, repulsed. Yeah, yeah. But meanwhile, like, I know I'm all sweaty. But, I, was, I mean, I was cute back then. You know what I mean? Maybe she sort of... And she knew that I... You know, I knew... I don't know Mike Rebiglia, but my friend knew Mike Rebiglia. And so I was kind of in that crowd, whatever. So... My friend like looks at me and he's like, "You all right?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine." <laughs> so he goes, yeah, yeah, sure, man, no problem. And so we're all gonna go. He said, "All right, listen, we're all gonna go to this restaurant called Three of Cups 
which is this uh, restaurant kind of within walking distance of, of the Luna Lounge. And we're all going to go there. We're going to have drinks and eat, whatever. And so it's me, I think Todd Berry, this Michael Wrigley, and a bunch of other comedy people, whatever. So we're all walking there. The whole walk there, I'm holding Janine Garofalo's hand. And I'm like milking her fingers. I'm like, I'm milking a goat. I'm milking a goat with your fingers. And like, oh, this shit. I know. She was, dude, I was like, right. And so, and again, she was kind of like, and I was, I'm younger than her, you know what I mean? But she's kind of like giving me like, I, you know, like, I might fuck this guy. I don't know. Like, I mean, so we get to the, the restaurant, and this is an important part. It's a long banquette, okay, which is a bench on the wall. And across the banquette is a table and a bunch of chairs. Again, there's like probably 15 people. And I sit right in the middle with Janine, and we're on the banquette. And everyone else sits around us. And so we're sitting there, and I ordered like a carafe of white wine, and I just start drinking white wine. And I'm sitting next to her, and I kept trying to grab her pussy. Like, I, I was squeezing her inner thigh, you know, and I'm trying to get in there, and she swatted me away. But again, it was kind of playful, you know what I mean? I was totally just kind of like, y'all stop. Yeah, 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 yeah that yeah, kind yeah, of shit. Yeah. Exactly. Right, right. And so, so we're sitting there, and then food comes. Everyone's kind of in their own conversation. I'm trying to nuzzle her. I'm just a mess. And I, by the way, I took the other hit of ecstasy too. So now I'm like, I was like, I went Jesus to the bathroom. I'm like, let me take the second one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just keep this party going. <laughs> it's not bad enough, right? Exactly. And, and Janine Garofalo at the time, she was a big deal, right? Yeah, yeah like, totally yeah, a big yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. Like a lot of people might not know who she is now, but like Janine Garofalo was like a big like like movement for the women's comic whatever you know what I mean yeah one of the early and she's in the movie Cats and Dogs with Uma Thurman and yeah. shit like that I yeah, mean, yeah totally, totally right yeah, yeah to- so and, and uh, so anyway so we're at the table and there's all these people on the table and I'm sitting next to her and I'm, I'm just trying to you know do my thing and I'm just I mean like I was sweating I remember sweating so much that like my sweat was sweating and so like, <laughs> so then I looked on the end of the table there's this guy at the end of the table and his name is Jeff Singer and Jeff Singer is the booker for a comedy show called Just for Laughs and, and Montreal Comedy Club or Montreal Comedy Show and he's the head guy, Jeff Singer. Like, and he works at Comedy Central, and he's a fucking big deal in comedy, and he still is. But you know, he was like, he's like the shit, but you know, and he, and and so, so I looked down, and he's at the end of the table, and he's eating, and I notice that as he's eating, his mouth is full, and he's talking, and he's kind of chewing with his mouth open, and he's kind of got his elbows on the table. So I, I go to Janine, and I whisper, and I go, more food is falling out of that guy's mouth than is going into his mouth. But here's the thing. I didn't whisper that to Janine. I shouted it. And I, I didn't realize that. And I pointed at him. All of a sudden, the entire table looks at me. And Jeff Singer looks down the table at me. And he goes, I'm sorry. He goes, are, are you talking to me? And I go, yeah. I said, you have terrible table manners. <laughs> and then, like, and then literally all of a sudden, Janine Garofalo looks at me. And she realizes that I'm this beady-eyed, sweaty, fucking ecstasy-out, drunk mess. And she takes my hand like out of her inner thigh, and the and then and then they all look at me. And and he goes, "I'm sorry." He goes, "Who who are you?" And then my friend who brought me, he like coughs in his hand. He goes, "Well, everyone, uh, thank you. It's been a nice evening. I think we're gonna leave now." <laughs> but the greatest part was that I'm in the banquette, okay, in the middle of the banquette. So everybody had to get up on my side to let me get out. Because I couldn't just like get up and leave. I was like on a bench, you know. It was like eight people one way and five people the other way, whatever. Right. So I go, so like I had to get up the whole time. I'm going to Janine. I'm like, I'm like, I remember like sweat dripping off my eyebrows, and I'm like, I go to Janine. I'm like, come on, come on, come up here, come on, let's get the fuck out of here, let's go. <laughs> and like she was like, she was so mortified that she was like, you know, let herself, uh, you know, be 
be molested by this, uh, you know, ecstasy <laughs> out. And then I was so embarrassed that I didn't go back to Lunar Lounge for two years. Jesus. And then the next time I went back, I saw Jeff Singer, and he's like, he's like, do I know you? I was like, no, you don't. You don't yeah, know no, 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 no. No, you don't. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah you, you, don't, you don't know me. So, <laughs> right, right. Um, hey, can I uh, do a couple plugs? Is that cool? Absolutely. All right, listen, if you, if you enjoy this nonsense, uh, I, I have a show that I've been doing with uh, Eddie and, and Jim back in the day, but uh, the Brian McCarthy interview show, which you can check out. And then if you're really, if you, if you're really bored, you can also check out the National Lampoon interview show, which is the shows I did when I worked for the National Lampoon before I started doing my own shows. They're a lot of fun. Uh, Twitter, I guess, at Brian P. McCarthy, if you want. Uh, and you can also check out BrianPatrickMcCarthy.com on the internet. Hey everybody, it's the Chronicles of Brian. That's my name. I once met Vin Diesel. Chronicles of Riddick, that's the tag from there. And he was a douchebag. Nigger. Thank you. <laughs>